Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Good. So, hello folks and welcome to another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com. Uh, driving your sales forward, our aim is to make you a sales success by sharing some tried and tested and proven ideas. And in this episode, we are talking about how to use selling stories. Um, we're recording this on a Monday and on Wednesday this week, I am speaking on using selling stories at a big event in the UK, the National Sales Academy. It's the sister event to the UK's largest sales event, which is the National Sales Conference. So um, recording this episode so that people who uh, hear me speak on Wednesday can listen into this episode, but also to folks who, who obviously aren't at the event, also to understand how to use selling stories, because selling stories are a very, very powerful way of influencing the brain inside your customer's head. Neuroscience, as I'll, I'll explain in a few minutes, uh, shows us why that is. Now, many of you listening in will be familiar with the work of Professor Robert Cialdini uh, from Arizona State University, his excellent book, Influence. And one of the key six principles in that book of influence is social proof, that human beings are very influenced by the behavior of other human beings in all fields of life, including buying decisions, and particularly if we're feeling uncertain, we tend to pay more attention to the behaviour of other people, which is why you'll have heard us on previous episodes of the Sales Chat Show. For example, the episode on using testimonials and case studies, the importance of, of using these. But a specific form of this is actually telling the customer a story about your organisation or how you've helped a customer. Some fascinating insights from neuroscience. So fMRI scanning, functional magnetic resonance imaging, allows neuroscientists to monitor by way of blood flow activity in the brain, which parts of the brain are being activated. And a fascinating piece of work by Dr. Yuri Hassan from Princeton University. They had a female volunteer telling a story whilst in an fMRI scanner, having the lady's brain activity scanned and seeing which parts of the brain were activated. And volunteers were listening to the story whilst also having their brain activity monitored by fMRI scanners. And what the story showed that was when specific parts of the storyteller's brain were activated as they were telling the story, the same areas of the listener's brains were being activated. When the emotional region of the brain was particularly active in the storyteller, the emotional region of the brain was particularly active in those listening to the story. When the prefrontal cortex of the storyteller was activated, the prefrontal cortex of those listening to the stories. So it would appear from this research that we are able to almost literally plant ideas, thoughts, emotions into our listeners' brains and then when we listen to stories, our brains dovetail with that of the storyteller. So we're able to transfer experiences, emotions, almost directly 
into our customers' brains, which is why I think this is a pretty exciting and fascinating area for salespeople to think about. So when our listeners think of the word story, yeah, they probably think that most stories have a beginning, a middle and an end. Yes. There is some sort of structure to it, a logical process running through it. So do we have a proposed structure for the use yes. of stories? What yes, I, I do. And I think structure is an important part of stories. You know, plots and structures of stories in all aspects of life matter a lot. Films, movies, books, etc. But here's a structure that I have uh, come up with that I think helps to structure a selling story. So step one is to introduce maybe the prospective customer to the character, the customer character, which is a genuine customer that you have helped. So you explain who the person, who the customer is you're telling the story about, who they are, where they work, what they do, so we can picture and understand who this who this customer is. Best of all is to have permission from that person to use their name and to include them and to include them in the story. Step two is providing some context. Just explain the situation, maybe understand a little bit about the customer's business, the customer's organisation, what was kind of going on in their industry. If you have any specific insights about an industry, this is where you can start to bring them in. Then we talk about step three is what are the challenges the customer was facing? A very common film plot, story plot, movie plot, fiction plot is the overcoming adversity, the overcoming challenge. It's a fundamental part of many, many stories. So we have to explain the challenge the customer was facing. Um, Neuroscience tells us that two of the most powerful motivating forces in the human brain is the desire to move away from uh, discomfort or pain or problems and the desire to move towards solutions, rewards, pleasure. So we need to show the pain and the problem, explain those, experience those them yourselves, experience some of the emotions that you're, as you're telling the customer, frustration, the struggle, the anxiety, and that will be activating those regions of the customer's, uh, the, sorry, the listener's brain. Then step four is the catalyst. This is you. This is your products, your services, your solutions, how you came in, entered the customer's life, entered the customer's business. You were able to solve those problems and then show, step five is to show a clear contrast show where the customer is now versus where they were before you started working with them. Show the journey you've taken them on from the problems, the challenges, the frustrations, the implementation of your solution towards this rewarding situation in the future. So showing where the customer's gone. And then step six is a conclusion saying something like the reason for sharing this story with you, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, was I appreciate it's not identical to your situation, but it seems fairly similar to your situation. I just wanted to share this as an idea of how we might be able to help you. Is this something we should talk about a little bit further? And when people hear stories, their brains function differently to when they are listening to a, an overt sales presentation. Because most of our early experiences of stories in society as a child are positive, what appears to happen is the brain is more receptive to a story than it is to a sales pitch or a sales presentation, maybe making the process of persuasion a whole lot easier. So that is, I'm not saying it's the only story kind of selling format, but it is a, an example of one.
Yeah, I think that works very well, um, and I think it kind of maps onto uh, our experience of stories. You said that you know we're used to stories. Yes. Uh, actually, we hear stories before we're born. Uh, we know from uh, various studies that children, it, you know, in the womb, can actually hear and remember what they heard from about twelve weeks of pregnancy. Oh, okay. So we can, as adults, even we can remember what we heard at about when we were a, a fetus of twelve weeks. So, um, in, in what sense? Give me an example of what you mean. So, for example, uh, it, the one classic study is to play a particular phrasing of music. Um, at a, a, you know, in the room where a mum is pregnant, and then several years later, play that same phrasing of music, and you see certain things in the brain oh, right, actually okay. firing. So your brain has remembered that music from right. years and years before, and it's a particular phrasing that you would never have heard. Yeah, so it's yeah. a piece of music that you can't, you only heard when you were. So your brain has remembered it. So, um, but what we remember is, you know, dad, maybe talking to the bump. Yeah. And telling stories, and and so and when even when babies are born, parents tell them stories, and that whole rhythm of a story, which always begins with once upon a time. Yes. Yeah. So we get we our brain gets into oh this is going to be interesting. So as soon as somebody starts telling a story, our brain has already said this is something I'm comfortable with. This is okay. Whereas when it's not a story, our brain is. In a bit is a bit in that kind of scared mode, not quite sure what to expect. So when you're telling stories, your audience is already comfortable uh, because they're used to it. And if you think about once upon a time, you know, once upon a time there was a little girl called Cinderella. Yeah, and so the first thing you would do is introduce people to characters. Yes, and you you create those characters. So in a in a business sense, it's you know, once upon a time there was this customer called John. Yeah, and it, and he had this problem, uh, and he had these horrible, ugly sisters. Whatever the story is, yeah. So you you start building around characters because that's what we love. And your your story there, you know, saying what the problems were. Well, you say what the problems were with a character who is an, a, a typical them, customer or another customer. It makes them come to life. And also, yeah. what we know about stories is we we start to identify into them and start to make connections yeah. between the story and ourselves. I think in a more involved way than yep. we do when we're on the receiving end of what we know is an overt sales presentation where we may exhibit a little bit more resistance to the, to the, to the sales person. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell a story uh, about Twitter and the use of Twitter, and you, some people say, well, you know, Twitter is, you know, a place where lots of kind of people will gather and swap information. I tell this story about having a party at home. And so I relate people to this party. I paint my wife as the heroine of the situation yes. and me as the villain. You know, I'm doing all the wrong things. Uh, you know, we're trying to get people uh, to do one thing in the party and actually they all want to do something else. They all want to be social and talk to each other. Typical party, everybody's in the kitchen and I'm trying to get them to all go in the lounge, you know, because I want them to sit down and have some nibbles, which is never going to work. Yep. So, you, you know, whereas my wife is, you know, entertaining them in the kitchen mm. kind of thing where they all want to be. And so I, I create a story about me and my wife that actually explains the social benefit of Twitter to people because it's something they can relate to. They can all imagine themselves. They create their own pictures in their head. I've just spoken about a party where everybody's in the kitchen and you, everybody listening to this has a completely different image in their head, but they all have an image in their head. Yeah. 
Whereas if I say a, the social benefit of Twitter, nobody's got a picture of that. Yeah. And I think also we're all, <clears throat> for those of you uh, that may be new to the Sales Chat Show, Phil Graham and myself are all, all professional speakers on, on, the, on the areas sales and the internet, etc., key account management. And we use a lot of stories as part of the work that we do because we know exactly to Graham's point that they're memorable. All of us have had the experience of someone coming up and introducing themselves and saying, hey, I saw you speak at the National Sales Academy. And invariably they then say, I really enjoyed your speech or whatever. I love the story yeah. about, and almost nine times out of ten, they reference a story that I've told, which means you're more memorable when you tell stories as I, well. I did a, um, an event a couple of years ago now, spoke at this event, uh, and told a story at the beginning. And uh, you know, this story is about me on a train being attacked by thugs, um, and you know the re resolution of that. And uh, I told that story, and then the following year, I was invited to speak to the same audience at the same event. And so I thought, I can't possibly tell that story again, so I've got to tell another story, because they've all heard it. So I told a different story, making the same overall point that I was trying to make, but I told a different story. And at the end, uh, a chap came up to me and he said, uh, that wasn't as good as last year, Graham. And I said, <laughs> why not? He said, I only came to hear that story about you on the train, and you didn't tell it. Yeah, that's so it, he came, he wanted to hear the same story again. Because parents listening in, I've had this experience, isn't it amazing how often kids want to hear the same yep. story? They know exactly what's going yep. to happen, but they love the familiarity, interesting yep. one. Is that. And you were saying you were watching TV last night, you saw a story yeah. being used to actually get some investment on a, on a business show. Dragon's Den, it's called in the UK. Yeah, Shark, Shark Tank, Shark I think, Tank in, in America, USA, similar kind of where thing. People where people have to pitch to entrepreneurs. They're, they're pitching for, you know... <clears throat> I, I need £50,000 for 10% equity yeah. or whatever it is they, they're pitching for. There was a chap on there last night who uh, was a chef who had come up with the idea of some biscuits and these biscuits have got particular flavours that he's developed that match particular alcoholic drinks so that there's a, a the, the two complement each other. So if you're having a particular beer, instead of just having peanuts or crisps with it... Or chips, or chips, American yeah, <laughs> yeah, chips. Uh, you would have these biscuits that were flavoured and the, the, the flavour complements the flavour of the, the beer, making it a much better experience mm. for people. And uh, so he'd come up with these ideas and they, the... the um, people who were providing the funding, these multi, multi-millionaires, I mean, worth hundreds of millions each, uh, so they must know a thing or two about selling yes. uh, in order to, to get to that point. Uh, they were quizzing him about how on earth did he get to this point, and he, he told this story of how he'd been brought up amongst a, a food family with food critics, and he became a chef, and he came up with these ideas, because when he was out drinking, all he was offered was peanuts or crisps, and actually he wanted something better and so he came and he developed this and he developed it all in his own kitchen you know experimenting with you know one beer and a different kind of biscuit so it became interesting how many beers did you have to drink to come up with the right <laughs> flavor mix so all of that story he told and the 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 dragons on dragon's den were hooked on his story and the person who invested in him said to him yeah your branding is fine but it doesn't tell your story, and it's your story that will sell these biscuits. And so one of the first things that she's obviously going to do is help him rebrand around the story. Yeah. And maybe the story is also indirectly providing the energy and the passion for the entrepreneur yeah. Yeah. to go the distance. Quite. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, I mean, I'm, what we obviously mustn't do, you know, please listen into our episode on what makes a good sales pitch or sales presentation. Don't trot out your story in the first 60 seconds. You need to be talking about your client. But at the right time, a story of origin or where you've come from or the research and development story or whatever it is of how it came to market can be fascinating and compelling and pull the customer deeply into the into it. So had you had the right biscuits at your party, Graham, you might have got people in the lounge after all. Yeah, it's all my own fault. It's all your own fault. It's all, well, it always is, yeah. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, so. there you go. Graham is the villain in all the stories yep. about the Jones, the Jones household. Uh, Mr. Jesson and I are obviously always the heroes. Maybe not. Uh, so hopefully that was of some uh, use to you, ladies and gentlemen out there. Some very, very powerful, uh, persuasive ability in using those selling stories. So good luck with pulling together your selling stories and using those. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we would like to wish you good luck and good selling. Please visit the saleschatshow.com website or wherever you usually get your podcast. We have a huge live of other episodes for you to listen and benefit from. In the meantime, thank you for listening and see you on another show. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 